Hey everybody, my name is AJ with Recovering Babylonians. Today's episode is Toxic Masculinity. What does it mean to be a man? Well, we're going to get into it. I hope that you guys really enjoy this episode. It was a lot of fun recording and we just hope you guys enjoy our conversations. Um, As always, if you will, give us a like, give us a subscribe, and if you will, share with your friends. Also, check us out on our social medias. Um, at Recovering Babylonians on Facebook, Instagram, as well as on Twitter at R Babylonians. So we'll just get right into it. Thank you for joining us, and here's the episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Recovering Babylonians, episode 11 now, isn't it? We're up in the double digits now, boys. How you feeling? I'm feeling great. That was a really (laughs) underwhelming answer. Very, very excited for today. Yay. I'm tired. (laughs) Reminded of that Monty Python movie, and it's like, and they rejoice with with great joy, and they're like, yay. (laughs) What was that? Was that Holy Grail? Yeah, it was. was Holy Grail. It was Holy Grail. That uh, is the best Monty Python. That movie. is the best. The other one was terrible. hands down, hands down. Monty Python. <sighs> the TV so, shows weren't bad. The TV shows weren't bad. Women. What about them women? When, what about them women? Last week on uh, episode ten, we talked a little bit about the Gatherer. We talked about feminism and then kind of a more biblical place and trying coming from an understanding of that this is just the way the culture has kind of turned and and, and pushed. Now we'd like to turn our attention to our own kind. We'd like to cannibalize all the boys out there and let you know y'all suck too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are not. We're better. not. I mean, let's say so. I mean, in general, like we're we're, we're fair. We're equal opportunists and uh, equal equality of outcome. Everybody gets <laughs> everybody gets crapped on. And the truth is, the hunter is not in his place most of the time. Uh huh. The hunter is not doing what he's supposed to be doing, and. Uh, it's led to a lot of particular issues and it's not saying like in a patriarchal way, not in a misogynistic kind of way. It's more of like a a spiritual headship, of course, but just in general, people not playing their roles again, staying in their lanes. The the team works a lot better when all the cogs are spinning the way they're meant to. So to start off, I was going to ask you, AJ, um, what about toxic masculinity? What about it? I don't know. What about it? Oh, I don't know. I was what asking is, what you is directly. That? Is, what that is, is that a thing? Is that real? Thing. Is that real? I mean, we were talking no. in our last episode, toxic femininity. Oh, okay. Oh, but that's, that is definitely real. Well, yeah, we found the <laughs> definition. <laughs> we, we did. We, we dug real deep into Super a two-second search. You Bless know what, you. men? Excuse me. There's no way we could be bad. No, <laughs> like, no way. We're we so have to good. be doing everything yeah. right. Yeah. 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 Eve was deceived. Adam sinned. There you go, people. Oh, oh shots fired. No, I mean, shots yeah, fired. toxic masculinity, man. There's so there's a lot to unpack with that because mm. just mm. just men, men in general, um, especially in the recent years, in the most in the modern era, we have not held up our end of the bargain mm. as a general populace. I mean, in, in yes, we there. 
so from the feminist side of things, right? Um, we're gonna let my inner feminist come out a little bit in, Go this, ahead. in this. You get her, uh, girl. Safe space. Safe <laughs> this space. is a safe, safe space. space. I feel comfortable with all of you guys, and I just want to make my femininity known <laughs> to, to the to the greater. He's audience. real secure. You should see his pink underwear. <laughs> It's real security is masculine. I'm more worried yep. about the fact that we are all sitting in here in the office <laughs> with our pants off. I don't like it. I think it was you say that that's the key to a happy marriage. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I mean, they, they have some valid points, honestly. I mean, um, the fact, I think Stephen Crowder a lot, a lot of times says that, you know, we're all hypocrites. Like, mm-hmm. even us as Christians, we, you know, we, we we're seeking a higher calling in our life but you know a lot of times we fall short and um it, throughout history that is really shown a lot right where men don't really understand their place in um god's plan you know with the family and stuff and they have taken some a lot of the things in in the, in the scriptures and twisted them in a way that you know allows them to lord over their families as yeah in, you it, don't those kinds of ideas you were saying like lord over your families and stuff like that let's go ahead and talk about like the real inverse thing i know we're going to get to the point where we start talking about males who are not living up to their standards in general like beta males and stuff like that i know that might be a triggering word for someone out there but you have people who are on the uh the less aggressive side what what were the terms there was agreeableness and assertiveness right right you have males who are more on the agreeable side where that's usually a female trait yeah no, I want to talk about the guys who are over assertive, over aggressive, and those kinds of people who are misogynistic, who are patriarchal. That oh well, I mean, patriarchy is actually a really it's one of those words that the goalpost has been moved on, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like tolerance. Yeah. You know? Patriarchy has now been made a a uh what's the word? Uh, a tr- dirty, dirty word for yeah, sure. A dirty word or or a trigger word or something like that. Uh, buzzword is kind of what I was looking for. Mm. So you say the patriarchy, and the first thing that anybody thinks about is that, oh, it's it's the men raising up and doing that kind of stuff. What about these guys who may have set a really bad example of those kinds of things? We can talk about anybody, though. We could talk about uh, dictators from the past, Stalins, Hitlers, that kind yep. of stuff. But you could also talk about uh, people who have, um, like, you know, w- women's underwear was designed by men. Yeah. So were the clothing you know, and you see how crazy women's clothing is compared to something else. I mean, there are people out there that have done like crazy stuff. You can give me all the evidence you want about why the women's clothing is the way that it is, but it's like, why not move to a standard? If we're going to have equality, let's go. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, that's it's kind of a small rant, but what do you think a really toxic man is? There's your question. What is a really toxic masculine man? Well, I would say one of the big things is he doesn't listen to his wife at all. Like, it, and a real example with that is just, yeah, like they, every decision is on their shoulders. Not that we are, we do bear the responsibility for the, the decisions of the house, but to act like your way is the only way. Right. And um, whatever you say goes, no matter what, like you don't take any input from your wife at all or that kind of stuff. That's very, that's a very toxic way to to be a man because the the goal was for us to have a helpmate like you said right a woman was created to be a helpmate and we it's not good for us to be alone so when we try to make these decisions alone in life it can lead us down a path of you know 
of lording over our families because we can never be wrong. Right. Pushing your agenda, making sure that everything's done for you, taking, you know, there's even, I've seen even the fathers or the husbands who just leave scraps, you know, that kind of thing. It's like, oh, here, I'm going to get the first and the biggest and the mightiest. And, you know, to a certain point in certain cultures, the father does get the biggest cut, you know, the father does get the big steak or the, the first helping of the mashed potatoes or I'm sorry, I'm thinking about food right now, <laughs> but I mean, in some cultures, that's just a form of respect and that's mm-hmm. kind of given by everybody there. Now, someone who just demands that respect and doesn't earn it, that yeah. guy's kind of toxic. Yep. Yeah. So sure. you're right. Yeah. I mean, and, and honestly, like as, as the, as the hunter, you know, in traditional, just traditional humanity like since the beginning like yeah you go out and you you provide for your family you hunt you get the you bring back in the game and you know you you get that and divide it for your family but yeah you need the the guy a lot of times does get a bigger cut of that but it's not like you said it's not because he deserves it it's out of his respect the family gives him to allow him to be able to continue to do what he does right so like I know my like that's how a lot of times that's how my family is like if we're doing a if we have just like a, a, a store-bought pizza or something for instance i get i tend to get three slices right and then the other the girls between my wife and the other two girls like if we're just doing something small they'll get a slice each and then jordan will get two slices right and that kind of there tends to be one extra so maybe me maybe the girls will get that last right. slice and split it or you know something like that your but girl's I, stomachs I are like it. the size of a right. eight ounce cup though so i mean and like so, one slice of pizza should be good right and so <laughs> it's stuff like that it's not and if the you know that that doesn't mean i'm not saying like i i get this no matter what and you guys can get the scraps whenever i'm done kind of thing and right uh, that's that's one aspect of it what what's what's something else that you can think of little john uh I mean, you guys hit it really good there. Another aspect would be like in a a more like sexual idea of Ooh, between okay, him and, okay. and his wife, you know, being demanding of it whenever he wants, however he wants it. That kind of idea being very d- d- demanding aggressive. of what? Of the sex. <laughs> of the sex. You're said, turning, you're blushing. Sexual thing you're very here. Red right Stop now. it. What's what going happened? on? Stop it. Why are you sweating? What's <laughs> <laughs> why are you so sweating? Stop it. It's okay. It's no, okay. yeah. I was watching cops. No, okay, you could. You could. I mean, and, and that, that, that may sense. go back to like an objectification. I mean, like yeah, we, we were, think of objectification that was taught to young men through pornography or something yeah. like that. And and so something that we could have touched on in the last one was like women's uh like split on t- on pornography and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, they're they're not immune to the same thing, right? Well, yeah, from like the feminist standpoint, there's like a split on like if pornography is actually good for people like good for the woman like some oh. say oh she's treated poorly like a lot of times they're abused in those situations or manipulated in such a way that they do things they don't want to do and then other women say no it's empowering because they they're using their body for what they desire to make their money and that kind of stuff rather than being used by everybody they get to have the choice over how they do it and if it means that show their body then that's what they get to do and they have that choice but from the men's perspective like little john is saying a lot you were saying it earlier like the object objectification of women and how it's kind of i know from my personal experience as a younger man Mm. dealing with that kind of stuff 
it just had give gave you you know false expectations for life and, oh right um what what that intimate that intimate part of your marriage is supposed to be like and um makes you think makes you think and desire things that you probably would have never desired before and uh <clears throat> i mean you have a good point there when you talk about um you get some of these really <coughs> oh excuse me i didn't know where that came from uh i do but um you get these ideas you get these ideas and expectations from things like pornography or even things like uh you know swimsuit editions or anything else like that it's just things that are hyper sexualized in the media in general and so these expectations are left to the man to kind of figure up and oh she wants to be grabbed she wants to do this this is how she's gonna like that she definitely wants you know talk dirty to her or something like that that's what she wants and really yeah. that's not or it is or it you know somewhere in between you, mm -hmm. you don't know that your expectations are set that way now then the rest of society personifies that as when the male, when the actual IRL person, not the character in the pornography or something like that, acts upon those kind of expectations. Now he's masculine. Now he's toxic. You know, and it's like, you know, you, where's the empowerment or where's the non-empowerment? Where's the expectation? What is what is the idea here? This is it's an unexplored taboo thing in certain societies. And you have all this media kind of teaching everybody how to do it when really just go figure out how to do it after you marry her yeah i mean so something else i was thinking as you were talking was um <clears throat> the the way the media and just just how the world how babylon portrays what toxic masculinity is and a lot of times it's the fact that you know men like i would probably be i'd be considered a toxic masculine guy mm -hmm. because i desire my wife to be barefoot pregnant in the kitchen making food you for our are family, a misogynist at the house while i'm out out in the world um providing you know providing hunting and gathering well hunting, not gathering but hunting while, while she gathers up and provides for our family that in the world is considered a toxic trait but true toxic masculinity is something like hey i'm gonna just sit on the couch drink beer all day not have a job get disability while my wife is potentially out there working a job I'm not taking care of the kids. They're going to daycare. I'm being just a all in all crappy man. Freeloading. Freeloading off of, you know, I see, I've seen that so many times. Neighbors that we've had where you just see this guy just stays home all day and you're seeing the girl leaving and going. Obviously, she's going to work and he's doing nothing. She's a strong, independent woman and that's right. what society wants. And he just wants to freeload off of her. And that in, 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 that's another view of toxic masculinity that maybe the world recognizes but doesn't fully talk about. The thing that's more talked about as being the real toxic thing is when you are providing for your family the way the Bible seems to, you know, say it, yeah, right. lay it out, and you are you're doing the biblical things, but it they view it as toxic. Get so right. It's, there's a I guess there's a difference between the two types. There's real toxic masculinity and then there's what the world tries to portray as toxic masculinity correct correct. so maybe we can jump into that like feminism want. is toxic femininity yeah right yeah but uh, being you know having the hunter gatherer having the the headship position or at least having the desired for like we've been talking about everyone in their role that is kind of that is viewed in society today as as a real 
um, as, as more of toxic. You know, I mean, I'm not saying that a woman can't go have a job. I'm not saying that you can't send the woman to have a job and you do be the stay-at-home parent as far as the father's concerned. They know the society can dictate however it wants and you can do whatever you want. From a spiritual standpoint, you're the headship of the spirit on the side and that kind of thing. If you let go of that, it's it's horrible. So, I'm sorry, I kind of tangent off there. What, were you, what did you want to well, talk about? No, I was just, I, you're like, you're talking about that. I was like, yeah, I think it's 100%. If I married a, a doctor and, you know, we didn't need two incomes and we had children, like, and I needed to stay home because she has the, the career that's going to take care of our family. And mm-hmm. yeah, we need to figure out how to make that work. But th- that's not to say that needs to be the rule. You know, feminism would say, yeah, go girl. Like that's what you need to do. Put that man in your place. And that man is, you know, he's, you know, I don't know, switching gender roles and all this stuff. But the gender roles are there because it has sustained humanity for such a long time. There is there is the right way to use the gender roles, and then there's the wrong way, by you know lording, right. lording over your family and and being the <clears throat> tyrant, the tyrant, yeah, the, the tyrant, tyrant house, king of your than, household, rather than the priest of your home. Ooh, it's a, that's a completely different Dude. thing. Do you hear that? He brought out the priest thing. He's like saying, "Be a priest." You're quiet. What's up? Pull the mic closer. Eat it. What? There you are. What do you got to say about toxic masculinity, young one? I'm just listening to y'all right now. <laughs> what I'm doing. A lot of toxic masculinity, I mean, comes out of um, like the social times in your teenage years. You start to, that's when you get into the most trouble. And so you start to get those expectations put in your mind about how things should be or how, th- how things should be ran. I mean, that's why critical times, uh, or that's why in teenage years for young men, critical, have a father present. That's what we need. And yeah. you cut the cycle off, you know? Yep, that kind of thing. And you need a father in your lives. I mean, you guys have, or you, AJ specifically, you had a father, and then you have a father now. Yeah, you know, you know, there's there was a man who's not your biological, but who is your father. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's not it's in, that in itself leads to a point of. It's not just in the household. It's not just per family or anything like that. It's actually a very large systemic issue. So, I mean, I'm just. Pointing that out. I mean, yeah, I would say in my experience, I didn't really know my biological father, but I mean, from what I understand, there's very, I got, I got to see both sides of the coin for what a masculine man should do and what he shouldn't do. And, you know, what the, the toxic side was very abusive, uh, dealt with all these, you know, personal demons and stuff. Yes. But, you know, he did exhibited all those traits, you know, pretended to be a good person at church and hit his wife and kids at home and, you know, did all these bad things. And then I got a real dad right, who took care of our family, worked a job that he hated um, to make sure that we were provided for. And that was the big thing and took on five kids from a woman that he loved and called and called those kids his own and provided for them. And you know, that's one of those things that we see. And that's one of the things that a man should do. And so if, if, if there was one thing I learned from my real, my real dad, what it was that it was, you know, when I became a father at 19, Mm -hmm. I wasn't ready to do it. I was scared. I ran at the beginning, honestly. And I found out and then I realized, no, I need to, I, I need to look at the example I had. Maybe I didn't realize it maybe at the time, but um, 
I realized that I had a responsibility to that child, to the woman I that was my became my wife, became yeah. my wife, and you getting choked I had out. a response. Yeah, I mean, I had a responsibility, and I needed to take care of them. So I remember I was in college and I had a job, and then at one point I had three jobs because if there was nothing else I knew how to do, it was Work. at least provide and take care of, make sure they're monetarily taken care of, and I. I've been told by my ex I wasn't the best husband, but I was a good dad. Yeah. Um, and I knew, I, you know, I knew I needed to take care of this person that I was entrusted to, to have and take care of. And, um, let me see now you have those girls, right? Yeah. I know. Yeah. You see you getting choked up. It's okay, Bubba. I love <laughs> you, but you have those girls now and they have an example of a man to look for when they're older. They have an example of someone that they can tell that's a man. Yeah. You know, you, the, the, the guy won't be just like you, but and, oh and, and don't start <laughs> polishing your shotgun yet. They're, they're still young. But I mean, they, they have an example of that. That even leads through. I mean, even the fact that a father is in the family or that a male, a, a, a father, a husband, someone who treats the mother right and takes care of her and provides for the family and does those kind of, does those kind of thing. Not only is that an example to your sons, but that'll also be an example to your daughters. To, of who to look for when they're looking for someone you know i mean so that perpetuates not yeah. only the species but it also perpetuates just the good the good in the humanity that's supposed to be there yeah you know it, it, as long as everything's being taken care of, i mean the, the provisionary thing people have to provide like we said in the last episode someone had to build the building that your single female lawyer is working in and it was not likely a female not likely statistically right, right. it's just not the guy has to build the foundations of the entire home. The guy has to build uh, the spiritual foundations of the entire home, the provisionary foundations of it. And they have to be the disciplinarian. They have to be able to hold on and set the boundaries where gates are allowed to be, where walls are allowed to be, and where there's free roaming. That's yeah. all determined by the father. If that's not determined by the father, then it's determined by the mother. Have you guys ever heard of a book? Sorry, I'm going to go on just a small rant here. Have you ever heard of a book? Uh, trying to remember. I'm going to butcher the title, but uh, a more excellent way, the more excellent way. Mm -hmm. Our sister Melissa, she she's big into it and stuff like that. But basically, it shows the spiritual root of problems in everything that's in you know in the world. So you think of uh, something like. A household that's pr primarily ran maternally. Well, this is the spiritual root of being rejected by a paternal. You know, your mother is the is the matriarch of the entire household. This leads to things like double-mindedness. Double-mindedness and rejection, these are roots that root into certain neurodivergences like autism and ADD, according to this book. Now, that's you have to go in with a spiritual mind, and, and you kind of have to be a believer in the supernatural to kind of tackle this a little bit. But... Yeah. You see our entire generation now, we have nothing but neurodivergent people, nothing but autistic people, nothing but ADD, ADHD, and you know, restless leg syndromes and things like that. These are all rooted in that rejection, that maternal household, you know, an entire generation of men raised by women. Yeah. And so you're looking at like our previous episode, feminism. These are the effects. You breed these beta males, you breed these toxic males who don't give anything into it. Anyway, um, small tangent. Little John, do you have something to say? 
No. No, you're still, I, you're no, still I'm quiet. Still listening. You're just like so no. flabbergasted. I'm still listening. You're just all the way over there. So, um, you want to do it right now? Yeah, oh. do it right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Well, okay. So, <laughs> I guess right now is a little intermission. No, there was a uh, we. Obviously, we take comments from our viewers, and we had a comment from someone from what? Which episode? Do you guys remember? Uh, uh, I think it was five. episode five. Episode five. So at, at a certain point in episode five, if you guys look back, it's uh, Wayward Sons talking about the sons of God and, and all that stuff. And um, it was brought to my attention that I maybe said something that was maybe misunderstood. So I wanted to clarify the so we were talking about the Shadim. Um, the it's only used one time in the Old Testament. And it is, uh, at least for Michael Heiser's understand, you know, from his I take his scholarly un- approach to it. Um, he talks about the Shadim being territorial entities. Um, not that they were just, I think there was maybe a little misunderstanding. I don't, from his under, from Michael Heiser's view, at least from what I understand, should the Shadim are not evil in and of themselves. The majority of which did become evil. They began taking worship for themselves. But like Michael, the archangel, he's the guardian of Israel. He is, uh, he is also a Shadim. He was someone who was set over the, the nation of Israel to help protect them and guard them. Um, so that's what I was, what I was explaining was that the Shadim, their, their goal was to bring worship back to Yahweh. Eventually they were to rule over those nations in order to eventually bring worship back to Yahweh but they didn't a lot of them started to receive the worship for themselves and some didn't like Michael I don't know who else I think he may be the only one we don't know for sure say what Gabriel was it Gabriel no Gabriel oh Gabriel yeah well I don't know if he was a territorial entity he may have been he may have been I don't know that's the idea that uh, when Michael Heiser is putting that down so the idea is that they were Shadim before they were demons Right, right, right. Before the, the uh, yeah, before what we would call demons. Right. So and, the idea of a demon is just a fallen shadim. Yeah. That, like that at least it's from what I understand. So. And then we start to call them nephilim. Well, nephilim are the sons of the children of these fallen shadim. Fallen shadim. And not just that, but the watchers. Ooh, and right. So it get, it get, it's there's like multiple facets to it. It's not just there's different groups. There's the watchers and then there's the shadim which come later. And so it seems like the children of the Watchers are the Nephilim and the Shadim. I don't know if the Shadim actually had children because they didn't. There was not there's not a second incursion of the angels right. mating with women. So I don't believe the Shadim had children, human, half human, half uh, angel, you know, gotcha. children. Um, that, that, those are the Watchers. And so I don't know the Hebrew word for Watchers, but it's not the same as Shadim. Okay. It, there's a difference. So there are two different groups of angels that both did things. They both rebelled at different times. And yeah, so sure. that I think that was a little bit of the confusion. Wanted to clear that up. Sorry about that. And <laughs> yeah. And we thank you for your loyal listening on YouTube and your patronage. Yes, thank you very for much. Sure. Thank you so much. Um, but yeah. So back to uh, masculinity. Now, I, I wanted to go ahead and switch with that little bit of an intermission there back over to the beta males. The the low masculine, the ones who are kind of like the sucker fish on the side of these super powered, you know, females that are going around. And y- y- you know exactly who I'm talking about. If you're not already painting a picture out there in Radio Land. So, what's the real detriment to these guys? 
I mean, for, from these guys. You know what I mean? There's the toxic guy that we're talking about. But what about these guys? So, I mean, I think from what I understand, yeah, the beta males is the guy that stands behind the woman while she's at the feminist march, you know, saying, keep your hands off my uterus, you know? Right. Like, he's the guy standing behind her saying, yeah, go, sweetheart. Like, I'll never touch her oh, uterus. Yeah, I'll just do whatever you want. Like, it's that guy who's just sitting back there and just, you know, taking it. And, um, yeah, I mean, like, the beta male, the detriment to the, the, what they cause in society is also just as bad. There's the toxic side that causes harm to women and children, but these guys don't do anything else either. Like, they don't help. They're causing harm in a different way by their hands-off approach to life and right. family and all of that. They're not... They're the guys that are letting the women take control. It's like what I was saying, the guy that's just sitting on the couch collecting a disability check or something, you know, something. I'm not exactly that, but you know what I mean. Like, oh, right. But I'm talking more about this guy who's like pushing the agenda with her. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Oh, I see. Yeah, not, not, not sister's gay friend somewhere in the background. <laughs> I'm talking about her boyfriend or her husband or whoever who's just like, yay, she has her choice. You know, she's killed like five of my children. Yay. Yeah, you know, that guy. Okay. I mean, the, these guys are also just as toxic though oh yeah for sure it's i mean just a different aspect it's, it's almost like violent it's even less than a toxic it's more of a rot yeah you know what i mean it's, it's not like it's, ugh. it's a cancer it, oh cancer on society it's liberal men are a cancer on society what do you think little john i mean i think you guys oh he spoke right. did you see oh, that he gosh. spoke <laughs> yeah i think you guys are right i think that uh the the beta male he just like the toxic male shows the the children what like can be taken and or a, just like a toxic male can show a child how to behave, so can a beta male. A beta male who just sits and does nothing or or promotes the stuff, you're breeding children who will promote it and inevitably in the species. Right. From I mean, a if they have children. If, yeah, if they have any children, if, if the ones there that are, you know, promoting the abortions of all of their children and everything like that. Right. If, if they even get to have children, the... Uh, how they're going to affect those children is is just going to be you know, just as bad as just as bad like you said it's it's a cancer almost it it it's not killing you from the outside but it's rotting you from the inside there you go i mean you have such i mean i don't, I don't even know the right word pansified men that are out there that i mean the, these beta males who i <sighs> You know, I don't mind a girl who knows how to change a tire, but I think the guy that's with her should before she does. Mm -hmm. yeah, you know what I mean? Sure. I mean, it's not... Open it's, a door for somebody. Yeah, open the door for somebody. Have some chivalry and stuff like that. Now, I'm going to make you talk, Little John. You were talking about some type of uh, the history, the history, his story of mm -hmm. uh, manhood yeah. and kind of the stuff in different societies. Greek, Roman. Uh, Greek, um, Roman, uh, ancient, uh, or not ancient, but... Uh, Renaissance time period, what that looked like. Yeah. Can you tell okay. me about the Byzantine Empire and about the fourth century BC? Yeah. Can you go ahead and just start sense. there? <laughs> no. I'm like, what was the masculinity in that way? Historically accurate. Uh, but like, so, so tell me, like, th these ideas of chivalry, Roman, Roman well, ideas it, of what a man. Back into Greece, uh, the word we actually use for courage now is derived from a Greek word that, for them, meant man. A courageous person was a man. They went out, they fought, they they provided, they did what they were supposed to do. Um, a the sa similar thing happened in Rome. The word that we get for valor meant manhood. 
mm-hmm. meant okay. you were a you were valorous. You went out and you did things. You you worked with your hands. You provided. You went to war whenever it was necessary. I put these picket signs together for my wife. <laughs> it's not the same thing. No. Okay. Oh, all right. Okay. No, sorry. that's that's a trip down to Walmart. Is all that is. <laughs> <laughs> Go down to Hobby Lobby. Yeah. Uh, but is it the Christian store? But courageous and valor, those are those are words that they used that literally meant man, manhood. Uh, in, uh, but in those time and in those cultures of uh, on Greek and Roman cultures, it was very related to either politics or war. Um, if you look at a more ancient uh, Israeli culture, a man was just somebody who provided and defended his home, provided for his family and defended defended his home, who was a spiritual leader who stood up and in the congregation and who sat with elders and who who was active in his area um and then and then you go into more of like the idea of the chivalrous chivalrous time period of knights and everything like that and the common misconception is that knights were chivalrous and they had their aspects but most of them weren't Right. Okay. Yeah. Most of them were not chivalrous. Most of them actually were close to that of now a modern toxic man. But you had the, you had the the true, what I would call true knights who were actually chivalrous, who who actually went and rescued princesses. Those kind of guys. Those kind. Okay. Duly noted. Some of those guys. Good sir. But they were they were higher standing. They were more of the the proper prince, proper duke kind of people. They they actually were chivalrous. They our like, idea of chivalry is not anywhere near what these guys did. These guys went and fought for people. Like mm. what we do nowadays, even in what we call chivalry nowadays, isn't quite the same. Like holding the door open at JC Penney's is not. It's the, chivalrous, but it's not that same level of chivalry. It's it's. Yeah, it's not like I'm saving you from no, a bandit. No, it's, it's yeah, I'm being polite. Yeah, well, it's like if you you see us go from in the early like the 40s you know mm-hmm. when guys would lay their jacket down over a exactly puddle, like so that kind of stuff oh you that, remember that how, how much it's watered down now that it's just holding a door well, open for a woman well now yeah. people yeah. won't even walk like a woman you know you know what you're supposed to do if a woman's walking by a curb especially if that's your woman you push, yeah. push you, her in the road right? <laughs> no gosh shove her down in the road no no you get in between you get you move her to the side and you stand by oh I'm not good at this uh, thing yeah no <laughs> That's what you're supposed to do. I don't walk in public. I mean, I'm not, <laughs> I, I don't go in public What's anymore. What's a sidewalk? What's a sidewalk? <laughs> no, but that kind of thing. Like, like that's what it's become. And sure, that's our culture. But like, sometimes I wish I wish we could get back to that point of like, man, we could go out and actually like do something for somebody. Just like wear our kilts and go out and like, provide <laughs> for people. I'm down for that. You guys know I'm down for that. But that's wearing, I'm gonna buy utility kilts and swear. I'm going to swear. I'm gonna but, start wearing them to church. People are gonna be like, what? And we're like, yeah. Yeah. This but that, is my fancy clothes. Yeah. <laughs> this is my uh, my Saturday clothes. go to church clothes. Yep. But that's that's what it's become is is and then now everybody says chivalry's dead. Like because of feminism, that's what happened. We can't hold doors open for women anymore because if we do, we're labeled that toxic man, man who exactly. you know, does something for somebody and is trying to be polite and gentle. I'm just reminded of that scene in the notebook. What do you want? <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> but even into that, like the the way everything is so backwards compared to the Bible. Like we are supposed to be chivalrous and gentle and kind as husbands, and we're not promoted to be that. Like if we do that, we get abused for it. Yeah, I mean, 
if we're the breadwinners in the household and we just like it that way, I mean, and our wives agree with it, outside opinion comes in and says, oh, you don't, you keep her, you know, you've taught her, you've brainwashed her to be barefoot and pregnant in the, in the kitchen yeah. or something like that. And I'm like, no, my wife just likes to cook, can't stand shoes and is happy when there's a baby in her, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. And Let's I've got go the money, life. and and yeah, I get What's a tax break for each one. With this, you get a tax break for each one. Mm -hmm. You had an idea uh, back in those times, like the 1940s and stuff like that, where they started actually making uh, tax breaks for families, kids, things like that. The idea of a, a nuclear household was promoted by your country, yeah, because it was incentivized in that way. You get a tax break for every one of your kids, you know. Well, the founders—that's what they based everything off of—was a family model. Exactly. It's what God based everything off of. Exactly. It's that are uber supportive of all of this femininity, feminist, you know, I'm, anyway. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm getting worked up. Over 30% of everything, every resource they pulled from in writing the Constitution was the Bible. Yeah. 100%. Well, and then, yeah, like in the in biblical times too, like land was passed down to your children like mm -hmm. that was your your livelihood that you passed it the, the whole idea of 401k that we have now comes from that idea where yeah. it's like what we are what we have it gets passed down to our kids and that's our job right is to make sure that they don't they're not impoverished when i die because i'm gonna die probably before my wife does because that's how that's the general rule statistically statistically that's how it happens because we, we die earlier things i thought it's just because we're nagged to death <laughs> oh sorry i've been married longer you? than you guys Fair enough. But even Just saying, then. love you, honey. <laughs> she doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> anyway. Mine does, okay? And she's going to tell yours. Because <laughs> yours is really into you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we're, 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 we've been married for less time. <laughs> Way less time. At one point, she's going to be like, you're doing your podcast? Okay. And then she's going to go away. Okay. Like, I guess I'll feed the people that are coming over. And that's all she'll say. And then, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> that's not how she actually acts. Anybody who's actually listening, my wife loves me. She supports me. She is glad that I'm doing something with my brothers. And uh, I'll see you later tonight, baby. Um, <laughs> that's that toxic masculinity. I know, right? Stop it. Let it I'm going to go, gonna go and get what's mine. <laughs> I've earned it. I went to work and worked hard all day for nine hours sitting in the chair that little John's in right now, <laughs> staring at the screens that I'm staring at right now, talking to people, complaining about their problems. That's all I do, guys. And so... Like a therapist. What, anyway, what, go on. What's <laughs> a little bit of a... Like, when it comes to, like, biblical manhood, what do you got to, what do you got to say on that, little on, John? On biblical manhood? Yeah, like what, like, what should like what should men be doing? I know we kind of talk about, you know, what we're doing wrong but mm. what should we be doing like are we are we even now holding up to that standard i think are we're we closer i mean if you just read ephesians 5 and understand that our job is to lay our lives down for our wives like christ did for the church mm. i think we're getting a lot closer to that and i mean for my see, speaking for myself if an opportunity does arise and i do it every day and, and just going to work and i mow, mow yards for a living okay right and just going to work, I'm laying my life down for my wife because I can't be out in that heat very well. I have heat <laughs> You're going to die. It's, our society is growing weaker. <laughs> I've had mow heat stroke too many times, man. Yeah. I drink more water. I, I drink over 80 ounces. 
That's it? Uh, <laughs> I drink almost a gallon a day. That's what, that, that Do what our brother Steve does and just wear a black turtleneck, you know blue I, jeans. You know what I wear whenever I'm out there? Huh? Basically what Steve does. <laughs> I wear khakis. I don't wear a long sleeve shirt because I can't stand long sleeve shirts, but I wear like thick khakis, car- carpenter khakis. <laughs> With all the extra pockets, so there's layers. See, ladies, like, we're dying for you. We're literally hot. dying for you. It's been 102 the past, like, week. Ugh. Ugh. It's been so hot. This little cold front has been nice. It has been really nice. It's getting hot again tomorrow. I know. Shut up. I have to go Don't say it. Shut up. No. No, I saw a thing. You saw a thing? I thought mine said it was going down. Uh, no. <laughs> My... I saw a thing from a, <laughs> from a Southern page on YouTube. Talking about how to survive the summer, the southern summer. Right. Number two was do not complain about the heat in front of anybody that works outside for a living. <laughs> uh, so I immediately sent that to my boss and my other coworker and uh, got a laugh out of both of them. Nice. That's funny. That's, That's real good. That's real good. Yeah, I don't work out in the heat. Yeah. Well, you're job. lucky. You're yeah. Lucky. No, you're. <laughs> you drive trucks and all stuff around. Yeah. I mean, I'm, not, I'm still not like Lil John over here because I'm outside for a total of three hours, I think, total. Maybe. Mostly, yeah. Yeah. Overnight? <laughs> yeah, and I'm half the time is inside of a refrigerated truck, so. <laughs> yep. It's like. You're probably the coolest one. Yeah, I mean. I'm sure it gets a little hot in here after. It gets, it gets hot in the studio right around, right around 2, 3 o'clock. It starts yeah. to heat up pretty good. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I mean, so we've, we've talked quite a bit about just like toxic i'm trying to think like what else when it comes to like to- i don't feel like we beat up on it on ourselves enough i mean i really don't think so i mean the, the, the let's beat up yourself on- <laughs> no, but the you best can way ask to- my wife the best <laughs> you, you know i beat you up you no i beat myself whip. up you can ask my wife oh come you got on one of those whips in your you ever, you ever <laughs> see you ever see that uh that movie oh what is that called with ben affleck where he's the talking about autism he's the autistic guy Who's the accountant? It's called the. It's account- called the accountant. Yeah. Uh, nope. Didn't know that. You haven't heard? Oh, it's. I great. haven't seen it. Isn't he like a spy or not a spy, no, but a hitman? He man. works for like the cartels and stuff. Yeah. He's a. He's a. He's a. He's a hitman. He's an. Uh, he's an accountant for like the cartels, so he makes all kinds of money. Anyways, at one point in the movie, he is like rolling this pin on his shins, like causing himself pain while he's listening to this like uh. horrible music, this like death death metal just like blaring in the background while he's rolling a pin on his shins is that what you do is that what you yeah, do yeah. At home? yeah i do that regularly. I, just, I just thought you might like flog yourself like some old priest <laughs> i don't know how that would work but okay the, the guy from uh oh man da vinci code yeah <laughs> the priest from da vinci code just like flogging himself you see his silhouette it's oh man christianity had a rocky history <laughs> yes yeah it got bad to where it's like the catholic church was like all right paul said we should uh you know stay single all right, we're going to create a whole sect of guys who don't <laughs> contribute to the the family and they don't make families, so they just they're trying to be more pious. And then all this now it's like, okay, you can't even be a holy man unless you're single. Yep. And you can't be around women. Yep. Only yep. little kids, yep. I guess. Just only Oh. <laughs> oh. Hey, that's not a conspiracy. That's fact. That's <laughs> that is fact. fact, bro. That is fact. I guess the best way to really flog yourself as a man is if you just kind of read and see the examples of manhood in the Bible. I mean, you look at a lot of, um, you look at fathers in the Bible. You look at what uh, Abraham's willing to do. You look at how devastated Jacob was when he thought he lost Joseph and Benjamin and possibly Benjamin. Yeah. 
but you, then you see the love that he has when he's when he's brought back to Joseph when his fire and when his family is restored. I mean, that's what that story is about: family being restored, and it circles around. I mean, I, I get the stories about Joseph, but Jacob is the patriarch. Jacob is or Israel is the one who's there. Fathers are the ones who lead out. You see, um, uh, take kingly lineage. You go from David to Solomon, and then you see the split between the boys, Jeroboam and Rehoboam, and you see how uh, he says, uh, "My little finger is thicker than my dad's loins." You know, this is. But you see Solomon. You see Solomon's um, example. The the amount of concubine. Uh, uh, can't even say concubine right. The amount of concubines that he had, how much uh, paganism was going around probably within those women and all that kind yeah. of stuff. And that was Solomon's example. But, I mean, then you kind of see David's example and Solomon was born of David's sin and yeah. that kind of stuff. And so it just kind of escalated there. There was David who made his sin, Solomon who made a greater sin, and then Jeroboam and Rehoboam split the entire nation. Yeah. And we lose 10 tribes eventually because of that split, because mm -hmm. starting from that branch yeah. or that branch of yep. the tree. In, fathers have a lot of influence they have a lot of things if you ever kind of think that there's a bad thing going on in your culture in your society in your local area or anything like that it's probably due to absentee fathers yeah. people who are not weak sick. men weak-willed yeah. men that's for sure i mean you see a lot of problems you can see and you can attest to multiple people in your own church or anything like that where there's blended families and things like that where they're having to deal with the issue of the other father or of the other parent mm -hmm. in general and you know, you we have really good men in our church. We have men who many there's multiple men in our families at church that are stepfathers and have taken on the role and taken on multiple other people's kids and stood up to be that example or at least to be something that they did not have in their original. Mm -hmm. yeah. You want to beat yourself up a little bit. Go and try to see in the Bible where men are the influence. Where women can influence too. I mean, I know that <laughs> Israelite women are awesome. I mean, I know one of them that drove a, a nail through a guy's head. But I mean, don't get me wrong. Women are great. Yep. But the men are the ones that need to make sure that these influences are there and they have those standards. So are you doing that? Yeah. If there's any men out there, if there's any fathers out there, and if there's any husbands out there, are you providing that biblical example? And if you're not Christian. I don't know if anybody's going to be listening to our podcast that's not Christian. But, oh, wow. Get something to drink. I need something to drink. You want to go ahead and do that? There we go. Okay, there we go. There we go. This will pipe us up. But, <laughs> to put it on that end, line. you got to look at yourself and compare yourself to the biblical standard. Yep. And that's the only way you're going to get on this road to recovery. That's the only way you're going to be able to get down the line. Yeah. Well, and I think that's another little branch off we could go. Like, just from a like recovering Babylonian standpoint, like, a lot of we're having to deal with these issues. Like, deal with being lackluster men at times and be, being lackluster fathers and husbands at times. Mm -hmm. And we need to, you know, continue to that, this whole idea of recovering from Babylon. It's all facets of life, and fatherhood yeah. is one of them. Oh, we, we have taken, we, we grew up in a generation with all of our technology and our video games and, and um, with, the, you know, with a lot of bad, like we've had great men in our lives, I'm sure all of us have, 
but we also have a lot of really bad examples of what a man a man can be oh for sure and a lot of times whether we like it or not those men influence us just just as much if not more in some aspects than the good the good men do um and that's just sad sad but true Um, i was always told that the negative will always stick with you a lot more than the positive mm. will because new typically the positive is the mediocre yeah you know people are always going to be I, I i work in a field where i see maybe 10 percent of the product that actually goes out and anytime i see the product it's when the product is having a problem mm-hmm. from my perception honestly everything that my company sells is broken or a lemon or something like that but then i forget that there's millions out there that's actually really really good yeah so I'm willing to bet that there are men out there that just need to be woken up in that way. And that there are a lot out there that are really, really good and can actually live this way. Live in a way that you are the hunter. She is the gatherer. That the household is combined, unified, and taken care of. It just, it takes finding a standard to live by that sets that precedent. What is that standard? I I, I believe the Bible. Yeah. I believe the word of God is that standard. And that's the only road to recovery that we have is that is that roadmap right there. Ooh. Without that, we're we're gonna be lost and we're gonna be you know, we're gonna be looking at the world and trying to find out how to be a good man. And I mean, in the world you're gonna find some men that are good without the Bible, but they're they're gonna be few and far between, that's for sure. Yep. And they're not gonna be good in the way that God wants them to be good still. So that's just that's just a thought I wanted to, to to talk about with just the idea of of just men, you know, without the Bible, without that roadmap, the Torah, and the example of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Without, without our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we ain't nothing. Amen. 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 Lord, may your word be a light unto our feet on this straight and narrow road to recovery. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us today on this episode. We hope you enjoyed, and if you did, please consider liking and subscribing to our show wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on all of our social media, (laughs) right down there in the description. And even if the host's personal accounts are there, you can drop a follow. Also, if you really liked it, we have a PayPal, a Patreon, a Venmo, a Cash App. Just, Just saying. Just saying. Uh... Now, this is an exciting venture for us, and we look forward to growing with you as a community and with support from you. Thank you for joining us on this road to recovery.